Psalm 7 Shigeon of David, which he sang unto the Lord, concerning the words of Cush the Benjamite. O Lord my God, in thee do I put my trust. Save me from all them that persecute me, and deliver me. Lest he tear my soul like a lion, rending it in pieces while there is none to deliver. O Lord my God, if I have done this, if there be iniquity in my hands, if I have rewarded evil unto him that was at peace with me, yea, I have delivered him that without cause is mine enemy. Let the enemy persecute my soul and take it. Yea, let him tread down my life upon the earth and lay my honor in the dust. Selah. Arise, O Lord, in thine anger. Lift up thyself because of the rage of mine enemies, and awake for me to the judgment that thou hast commanded. So shall the congregation of the people compass thee about. For their sakes, therefore, return thou on high. The Lord shall judge the people. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness, and according to mine integrity that is in me. O let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end but establish the just, for the righteous God trieth the hearts and reins. My defense is of God, which saveth the upright in heart. God judgeth the righteous, and God is angry with the wicked every day. If he turn not, he will wet his sword. He hath bent his bow and made it ready. He hath also prepared for him the instruments of death. He ordaineth his arrows against the persecutors. Behold, he travaileth with iniquity, and hath conceived mischief and brought forth falsehood. He hath made a pit, and digged it, and is fallen into the ditch which he hath made. His mischief shall return unto his own head, and his violent dealing shall come down upon his own pate. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness, and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. One of the things that I really love about studying one psalm a week is that you get a chance to really chew on each one. And when you do that, it kind of brings out the distinctions between them. And I want to take a little bit of time to talk about that distinction with Psalm 7. Because when I first read Psalm 7, I thought it was very similar to Psalms 4 and 5 and 6 and even uh, 3. They're all kind of like talking about the enemies coming and persecuting David and God, please deliver me, right? That's the main thesis. But then they all have very uh, different ways of approaching that. So uh, Psalm 7 is a shigion, which is a different type of song, but we don't really know what that means. And it's concerning the words of Cush the Benjamite. Um, and so that heading distinguishes it. It's about a certain event, and it's different from these other psalms in that uh, we know that it's about an event that we don't know about. So Psalm 3 is about David fleeing from Absalom, so we know that event. We know what's going on there. We don't really know what's going on with Cush the Benjamite, although I'll talk about that a little bit in the future, about what we think that might be. But that's one distinction. The other one is really how David is very confident in his innocence. And I think that's the big distinction between Psalms 3, 4, 5, and 6. Uh, and, and then 7 being distinct from all of those. And um, 
I'll go ahead and kind of talk about that a little bit. So Psalm 3, uh, people are accusing him of being uh, despised or abandoned by God. Basically, they're accusing him of being wrong, of sinning, and thus God has abandoned him as king. And this is, we've seen in the story that people would come up and be like, oh, you are a bloody man. God has taken away the kingdom from you, etc., etc. And that is the accusation. And David is kind of like, uh, you know, I, they are, there are many that rise up against me and they say that you are not going to help me. And it kind of seems like David might think they have a point. Um, Psalms 4 and 5 are a little bit more meditation-y, and they're very much, we talked about this a little bit, but they're relying on God's righteousness. They're saying, God, you know, you are the righteous God. Um, In Psalm 4, he calls him the God of my righteousness. You have enlarged me when I was in distress. So he's talking about how God delivered him and imputed righteousness to him. Psalm 5 is similar. Uh, Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness. Make thy way straight before my face. So he's asking God to lead him and justify him. Psalm 6, very penitent, repentance all the way. He is admitting he has sinned. He is asking God to have mercy. Psalm 7 is the contrast. Um, He is saying that the people are persecuting him without cause. And this is seen very clearly when you start in verse 3. And it goes uh, until verse 5, and then there's a little bit more, but mostly 3 to 5. I'll read it here again. O Lord my God, if I have done this, if there be iniquity in my hands, if I have rewarded evil unto him that was at peace with me, yea, I have delivered him that was without cause, mine enemy, Let the enemy persecute my soul and take it. Let him tread my life down upon the earth and lay mine honor in the dust. Selah. Okay. So (laughs) at small group, we kind of talked about this. And I think that this is very clearly David saying that he has not done anything wrong. Um, And I think I use the illustration of my own self when I'm advocating for myself, you know, when I've done something wrong or when I, when I haven't done anything wrong, you, you go for the harsh punishment, right? Like when you say, um, this has actually been seen in studies. I remember reading about this where, uh, people who have committed crimes like, oh, I don't know, drug abuse or whatever are much more likely to advocate for lenient punishments for the crime than people who have not, right? Um, and so if I, you know, stole cookies from the cookie jar as a child, I would not say, Mom, if I stole a cookie from the cookie jar, I want you to ground me for a month, spank me, and never let me have a cookie for a whole year. No, I'd be like, well, Mom... Whoever took the cookie, maybe they were just hungry. <laughs> you know, you you like, you know, maybe you shouldn't be too mad, mom. You don't egg it on. Like, yes, be angry, 
punish that person, punish me if I did this. Because you don't want that. Nobody wants that punishment. So David is saying, like, look, if I did something wrong, go for it. You know, just lay mine honor in the dust. Um, he, he's pretty confident that he didn't do anything wrong. And this is a distinction because we don't see this kind of confidence anywhere else in scripture. Uh, not in scripture, in the previous six psalms. So this is a big, big distinction between Psalm 7 and the other psalms. And that's just something that's very cool that I hadn't really noticed before uh, and probably wouldn't have noticed if I didn't look at each of these psalms uh, one a week. And that's kind of the first point. Coming from that distinction, though, there arises a natural question of whether or not David is correct in saying this, because this is actually a contrast between what he said before, where he's talking about the Lord is my righteousness, it is the Lord's way that I'm following, yada yada. And the question that we were asking what in small group was, is David, uh, is that okay? <laughs> you know, none. there's none righteous, no, not one. You know, we know this from Romans, from all over the Bible, from David himself in previous Psalms. And there's a couple of really important notes, I think, that we can derive from this. First is just a simple reiteration reiteration of biblical interpretation. And that is that we need to take into account the whole counsel of God whenever we're looking at any specific verse, any specific chapter, any book that everything works together. So while David is in this context advocating for his righteousness to be taken into account, we know that David knows that he is not righteous in and of himself. That he, compared to God, he is worthless, filthy, sinful, and worthy of death. But in this psalm, he's saying, you know, in this situation... I am righteous. That's heavily implied and can be inferred from the situation. He's talking about if I've done this, you know, if I have done this sin that Cush, the Benjamite, is accusing me of, and I have not. He's saying I am righteous in this case. And um, so that's one thing that this is context dependent, always take into account the whole scripture when making any kind of interpretation. The second one that I think is important is that um, there is an element of human righteousness that we can have. Like the, the Bible doesn't always clearly distinguish between the righteousness that we can have and the righteousness that only God can give. And I think this is kind of a justification-sanctification-righteousness distinction. So David is righteous, is counted righteous because he had faith in God. But he can still, he can be righteous or not, even while claiming the righteousness of God. So as Christians, we can sin and that is at that moment we are not being righteous and yet we are still righteous in the eyes of God because 
we are um, relying on God's faith to justify us. And, you know, you think about the verse, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Of course, we're not sinning intentionally. Of course, we're not trying to be (laughs) unrighteous. But sometimes we will sin. And sometimes we will actually live out in faith through the Holy Spirit, righteous lives. And that is a distinction that is made in the Bible. The, it's the righteous or just is sometimes used that way. And yet uh, it's not always like there's not a language distinction. It's context distinction about what it's talking about. And those are two important things to consider when talking about whose righteousness is David talking about. And this is one, uh, one distinction here. Then another thing that we talked about along these lines is, again, the context of this story. So we're looking here at Cush, the words of Cush the Benjamite. And David is saying that he is righteous in this uh, situation. And we don't know what this situation is. But we do know that David is king of Israel, most likely in this situation, at least anointed king. And Cush the Benjamite is from the same tribe as Saul, who was the former king of Israel. And David becoming king out of the tribe of Judah probably caused some political tension. And it's very likely that the Benjamites in general were not very happy about their tribe not being the royal tribe anymore. And it's very likely that Cush was accusing David of usurping the throne, of treason, of hurting Saul unjustly in order to take over the throne. And this is probably what's going on here. And if you remember, we looked back into what Shimei was talking about when he was accusing David. And this was with Absalom, but he was saying, oh, you bloody man, God has taken the king kingdom away from you. He was being really mean. And David was just taking it. And this was something that just occurred to me in small group, that what we these psalms give us a window into David's heart that tells us what he was really thinking because when you read the story in second samuel david's just like oh it's okay god will reward him god will judge and it seems like david is just this like kind of passive super meek super nice person who just you know wouldn't hurt a fly is just forgiving and kind of spineless. And then you read these Psalms and you're like, oh, <laughs> no, he's, he's not spineless. He's struggling inside and he is trying to work this out with God. And that is the last, the last really important thing about his use of the word righteous is that these are all prayers. And prayer is not necessarily a time 
to really, really think about all the words that you're using and make sure that your word is in line with all the five points of Calvinism. And if you're Calvinist or, you know, all the, the doctrines and make sure that, you know, everything is lined up, like let's outline our prayers. So maybe write them out ahead of time. So we don't say anything to offend God. God does not, God can handle it. God hears what you say all day. He hears what you think, you know, pray, pray what you think, pray to God and tell him what you're feeling, what you're thinking and work it out with God. Because if you can take it to God, then you can be like David was. You can be this righteous, meek, and just man who takes persecution, who endures all kinds of railing and destructive behavior from other people and always goes back to God. And he goes back to God um, honestly with his honest feelings and emotions and thoughts. He's saying, God, I do believe I'm just. He might not go before a court of law and say, I did nothing wrong. Um, because, you know, he might be perjured for this one thing that he forgot to mention. You know, you're not, you're not facing perjury charges with God. You want to be honest. You have to be honest, but that includes being honest about what you think. So, I think that's another reason why David can use the word righteous here. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm beating this drum. But I think it's really important that we get this window into David's heart that says, God, I am just, please take my side here. And that's what we can do with God. God invites us to that, to really, to take our problems to him and let him deal with them. And that's what it means when God, when David trusts God and says, God will judge. He believes it. He doesn't just, he's not just saying, oh, God will judge. He's saying, God will judge. (laughs) And I look forward to that day. (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe he's better than that. But I think there's a little bit of that in there, that he is, he is excited about the judgment of God. And, and that's why he can be so meek at the, at the moment. The last thing that I think is really well illustrated in this psalm is the emotions of God are depicted. If we look here at verse 11, starting at verse 11, God judgeth the righteous and God is angry with the wicked every day. If he turn not, he will wet his sword. He hath bent his bow and made it ready. He hath also prepared for him the instruments of death. He ordaineth his arrows against the persecutors. Verse 11 especially has this emotional language of anger. He is angry with the wicked. Other versions will say things like he displays his wrath every day. He is angry with the wicked for the New Living Translation. Uh, The ESV says God feels indignation every day. Uh, so apparently, it's not just with the wicked. The the wicked part is with the wicked is uh, inserted by the translators based on the context. But definitely, we see that God has emotions about this. He is just, and he is angry, and it's very um, in this psalm. It's kind of taken as a comforting thing, right? That God 
is angry with the wicked and he will judge them. And I think that it's good for us to remember that God depicts himself as having emotions, right? God is unchanging and God is throughout all of time the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And yet he does have emotions about evil and about sin. And it's very important that we think about that when we are tempted to sin or when we are struggling with someone who has wronged us. The David definitely takes comfort in this fact. Uh, he celebrates God's judgment and God's judgment in anger, that God is actually caring enough about David and about his own righteousness to judge and to feel anger against the wicked. And it is for this cause that David is able to say in the final verse, I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness. I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. And that is Psalm 7. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please like and subscribe and leave any feedback that you have for me. I look forward to hearing from you.